Hello and welcome back to the Ecotech Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Paul Rudd from Clueless, Jay. And joined as always is my co-host, Paul Rudd from Ant-Man, Z. How are you doing today, Z? Oh, pretty good, Jay. Can't complain. Just for, for everyone listening along at home. Just going to say it's our first episode. We're, we're doing remotely. We're not in the same room with each other. And it took a little bit to get started, I won't lie. Um, one came with Discord and all that, but I, I think we got them mostly down and we'll we'll figure out as we go. And there may be some to come, yeah. It'll probably be a little bit of uh, adjustment, but it shouldn't be so much worse. The audio probably won't take too much of a dip because we still got the nice mics and all that. So yeah, the other it thing probably I'm should be fine. About, it's harder to. Uh, I, I mean, we just did it now. It'll probably require a little bit of editing just in those first like twenty seconds. Is that being uh, not in the same room? I feel like it's easier to kind of talk over each other or to like not know when someone's about to talk or whatever. Because there's probably a little bit. Can't see each other's mouths, body language, and all that. And there's got to be, even if it's minor, some amount of delay, which will probably affect me. But otherwise, not so bad. Yeah, I might have to do some actual editing this time, which, you know, is whatever. I might have to actually edit for content. So let's get into it. Um, I don't think we don't have so, any major, major things this week. I think a bunch of little smaller topics is how it's going to roll. Well, no, actually, we, we, I think we have a pretty big topic. We have, well, I actually, it depends. I think our prediction for Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. All right. Well, so let's week. start with What If. I just, I just watched What If. Yeah, I agree. On the mind. So this one was What If the, what is it? What If the Earth Lost Its Mightiest Heroes? Yeah, if you, um, yeah. That's I think it's exactly the title. I'm just gonna say straight up. I think this was my this is my favorite so far. Actually, I'd um, have to agree. It was really good. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. It because what we said with the first one was that that was very similar to the initial thing. It was almost no change, and then the second one was almost too far to our for our liking. Like it just kind of went crazy, which is fine. Again, we said last week like that's kind of what the show's about, so I can dig it. But this one was kind of somewhere in the middle where it's like clearly they they changed a lot. It's a very different sort of version of events, but it also sticks, you know, pretty tight to the sort of like universe. And there's not a bunch of like the characters aren't necessarily that different, if that makes any sense. It's, it's, yeah, they all kind of do what you'd think they would do. It's a new yeah. situation. I thought it was really neat. It um, it sort of played off the concept of uh, Fury's Big Week, which was a tie in comic that came out with the Avengers in 2012. And it went off this, this exact sort of like situation where the idea was that Iron Man two, Thor and the incredible Hulk all took place within a week, which like you don't necessarily get that sense from the movies in themselves necessarily, but that is kind of like an established piece of lore for the the MCU. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that they leaned on that. Obviously like, Nick Fury was like, you know, the main character for this. I thought it was really cool. And I thought the, the payoff was neat. I think it was a very solid one overall. The one problem I do have is I think the name is a bit uh, misleading because it's not like that's not really the crux of the, the what if. Because like it's like, oh, what if they all died? Well, but I think really the what if is kind of like what if Hope joins S.H.I.E.L.D. That's and like really, dies I, or something. Or like what if I was Hank Pym goes crazy that. or something. Yeah, I think technically you're right. I, I had that same thought that like technically the what if here is because it, it's all yeah, it's all pretty the the actual change to the universe that starts it all. Not that obviously Thor and Hulk and Hawkeye, every, all of them dying, right? That is a change, change. To the universe. But yeah, the first change that puts all those other ones in motion is essentially yeah. What if Hope Van Dyne was 
a shield agent really died as a shield agent kind of thing i had that same thought but i think as like a title that makes more sense like because that's kind of the twist like it would be and also that's kind of like weird like you yeah, yeah you wouldn't think, think that had that big of a fact because yeah. that's the main yeah i definitely see why they named it the way they did yeah, because if you're just like what if hope van dyke was a died as a shield agent that also ruins the <laughs> twist and also doesn't tell you what that happens like it's not descriptive enough exactly that would be kind of confusing yeah. you're like oh, okay but yeah so i think it makes sense i also think it's a fun name I, I, you know, obviously, Earth Mightiest Heroes to play on that. They do a lot of the. Uh, obviously, they reference several times the whole speech that he gives in the Avengers, which I have always oh, yeah. enjoyed. The whole thing about that's why the Avengers exist is that they're the, the mightiest heroes, and you know they come together to fight a threat no single hero could. And it's interesting. Yeah. I guess they've all done this so far to some extent, but there's a bit of a twist at the end too, which is kind of cool. Which is fun because like. Obviously, the MCU, you know, even though obviously within the, the universe, the individual films often have complete arcs, but there's always a little bit of a twist or, or like, you know, the post credit scene, there's, it's always leading into something else. So it's kind of cool that even in these one off universes that we will never see again, it's still fun that they set up sort of like a, well, this would ha- this is what would have happened next, because there's always something happening next, right? Yeah, there's always something on the horizon just outside of you, because that's always what the MCU has been about. If they just did it where it just ended and everything was fine. That wouldn't really vibe. So even though it's an alternate take on the Marvel Universe, it's still, you know, there still has to be something next, which is kind of fun. So in this one, obviously, it's like because the the proper Avengers that we expect are not there. And obviously the events of the episode, like Loki arrives on Earth and tries to become, tries to take it over like earlier, really, like yeah. a year earlier than well, he should. Probably a different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Different motive. Because the events of Thor 1 don't actually transpire. Yeah, they don't finish. Well, they start. Uh, yeah, so he actually... Yeah. He, he's he's backed back by the Asgardians. Yeah, exactly. He which is, have which is weird to me that Odin would just let him. Well, no, because of the events... I assume... No, in Thor 1, Odin enters the Odin sleep. Oh, oh, and then he kills him in the Odin sleep? No, he's just in there. I don't know. It's not really... I don't... He wakes up in the in the movie, but... I guess in, in this version, without Thor and stuff, he doesn't wake up and he's still just asleep, presumably. Or maybe he wakes up when he should, right? Like, you know, towards the end of Thor 1, but by the right. end, it's too late. Like, He's like, oh, where'd Thor go? Motion. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I, like I did think it was... I'm sorry, I cut you off. There you go. Oh, I was going to say, um, it was a good twist. Like, I did not see it coming that it was going to be Hank Pym as Yellow Jacket. I really thought it was going to be Loki, because I was like, all of the yeah. stuff that was going around was like... Oh, it's it's definitely gonna be Loki. Like, it's a Loki invades Earth. I'm like, oh, if he wins, that's interesting. But like, it, it I it went in a way I didn't expect, which I really enjoyed. Well, that's something I wanted to say about this episode. Is really cool. Is that it is obviously centered around again those those couple films, right? And sort of the event, right? So those the phase one, right? This takes place during phase one of the Marvel universe, right? With yeah. Iron Man two, the Incredible Hulk, and Thor. Except it has some additional elements to it that makes sense to us now but like at the time we didn't know of right if that makes sense so like it all fits chronologically because of course we know that because of phase two of the you know ant-man right that hank pym was really one of the first marvel superheroes right that he was active in like the 60s and stuff and that for all of the other movies even before we saw him he was still existent in the universe he's still the technology yeah exactly and so obviously when thor and all those movies came out, Hank Pym didn't exist as a character yet. But when the 
was introduced, he was introduced in such a way that he was sort of like retroactively sort of introduced into Placed the into it. And so that's, yeah. it makes sense. And the other sort of example that was the Captain Marvel thing, which I really like, obviously in the Avenger, and like this is kind of a, uh, I don't know, I guess you could call it like a plot hole if you want. I'm not always a fan of that term, but people mm-hmm. have pointed out is like, hey, if Captain Marvel, if Nick Fury has had that pager thing for Captain Marvel since the 90s, how come he never used it? And the answer is obviously just like, well, the Avengers he couldn't use fix it. it. Yeah. I don't think it was that. It was more like in Avengers 1 and 2, either the Avengers had it good enough, like he didn't have reason to use it, or kind of like a there wasn't time sort of thing. Yeah, because she's, cause she's not like she's like waiting on the wings, like out, out yeah. in the atmosphere, like, all right, I gotta wait. Like she's in space somewhere. She'd have to like, I'd have to get to her and she'd have to fly. Yeah. Like she's fast, but like, she like moves so quickly. Travels. I mean, the, the, the pager, yeah. if she's light years away, I mean, I don't know if they would literally get down to this, but technically that pager should only be able to transmit information at the speed of light. And so if she's literally yeah. on the side of the galaxy, it could potentially, I mean, again, if that was the case, that probably should have happened in the movie, which it didn't. So, but just to get, you know, technical with it. Yeah. If there's, if it's time sensitive, it wouldn't even be worth calling her. The only reason he does in Infinity War is because that's truly like a dire situation. Period. Yeah, he has. He really yeah. has no other options. But so I like that in this version, he did do that in that he had it. And like before he even used it, he kind of was like, oh, I got this. Maybe I should use it. Um, yeah. And then he obviously at the end, he uses it to call out for the Loki sort of invasion. I thought that was really neat. I don't think there was anything else other than those two or than Hank Pym and that. Right. But it, it was still just neat to me. This idea like, well, even though these elements of the MCU didn't exist when these movies came out, we now know that they've been retroactively inserted. And so you can kind of make use of it, which I thought yeah. was really cool. I, I think they might do going forward with these other episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, it's something I ne- hadn't necessarily thought of, but like, I don't see why they couldn't. Is when you revisit these stories in different sort of the different sort of timelines in the earlier stages of the MCU, there is, there's, a, I mean, there's a number of examples of that, right? Whether it's Captain Marvel or Ant Man or. There's probably some other ones I can't think of off the top of my head who like were around yeah. before we saw them properly. Right. right. So, yeah, really cool. It, again, in some ways, it's like one of the more grounded ones. You know, it all took it, there's not really a ton of new sort of like stuff introduced. If that makes sense. Like there's no new characters, really. Right. Like not even really. Right, new yeah. Regions. It's kind of like it's all other than sort of hope and Ant-Man or, you know, Hank Pym and whatever Yellow Jacket. Everyone's still kind of the same. It's just circumstances around them change, which is interesting. I don't know. It was cool. It was a grounded one. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I enjoy that uh, Fury's Big Week comic. I think it's a cool little tie-in. It kind of also is like a... I don't know if you've ever seen it. The uh, Oh, gosh. What's it called? It's it's one of the early Marvel one-shots. Maybe the first Marvel one-shot. I think it's called The Consultant. That's it. Which sort of plays off this same idea. Oh, okay. It's, it's, I want to say it's the one-shot that comes with Iron Man 2 or something, maybe. And it does the same sort of thing. It ties in Iron Man to the Incredible Hulk and Thor. Thor, all together. Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about that. It, it might not mention Thor. But it's it kind of explains how... It goes about explaining how um, Iron Man ends up at the end of the Incredible Hulk in the post credit scene. Um, oh, okay, so can I t- time all together? Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's essentially but Sid I... and Coulson... And they're like dealing with the aftermath of the Incredible Hulk and all this. And they're like, all right, how do we how are we going to defuse this? And they're like, ah, we'll send in the consultant. And it's it's Iron Man. 
and he they basically mm-hmm. just sent him in to just piss off Ross to uh, I think <laughs> just like divert his attention. But so like, yeah. oh, Ross is gonna figure out the whole Avengers thing if we don't do something, and, and that's the solution. But yeah, it's really cool. I did notice that um when they go to Bruce Banner, they're in the they recreate that scene from The Incredible Hulk in that kind of tunnel thing, and he mm-hmm. breaks out yeah. and fights all those tanks with Ross. Yeah. And well, everything. it's it's kind of all recreated scenes. Right? That like cool. that. Obviously, the Diana thing, that's straight out of Iron Man 2. The part where she stabs him in the yeah, neck. The... Except obviously, in Iron Man 2, it's not... Uh, Hank Pym isn't in there. <laughs> He's not and trying to kill him. The... School. Uh, yeah. Thor thing. So, yeah. I like that Coulson was in it more. I liked yeah. the little okay. Coulson scenes. That was fun. Um, I think... I didn't bring it up. and I, I'm not going to bother. But Samuel Jackson was definitely Nick Fury, right? That was cool. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, he definitely was. Clark Gregg, for sure, um, was Coulson... Yeah. They did not have uh, Scarlett Johansson was not Black Widow, but she, I thought the the actress they did get did a good job of like approximating it. She she did yeah, I, I agree. I think I think she was pretty close yeah. to like actual Scarlett Johansson. She did a good like Scarlett Johansson impression, sort of not just like a black because I don't know Black Widow. You can kind of just be generic, stern sort of badass female, but yeah, it's yeah. level of voice of actually kind of approximating Scarlett Johansson, which was cool. Um, they had Jeremy Renner definitely. Oh yeah. Definitely him. It's like Mark and Ruffalo. They had Tom Hiddleston. Did he? Oh, yeah. it definitely was Mark yeah, Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, uh-huh. I keep in his voice. Yeah. Yeah, for Loki. That was actually a really cool scene, I'll say. I like that. I enjoyed that very much with uh, where Loki was pretending to be Nick Fury. Because, I mean, I think this was an intention. I didn't realize it first either. And so, it, in kind of a retrospect, it makes some of the dialogue funny. Like when he's standing there and he's, Hank Pym is like, oh, she died just like her mother. And he's like, his her mother was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent too? And at first, you think Nick Fury is just really being a dick, just to kind of edge him yeah, on, fucking with him. But obviously, it turns out Loki was genuinely asking because he he wouldn't know. Yeah, he wouldn't know anything about that. But yeah, that was cool. I like Loki's little speech um, that he gives from the Avengers. I really like the Avengers. I don't know if I've said it before on here. I don't think, but that first Avengers movie is great. I know Joss. It Whedon, really is. It's such a solid movie. I know Joss Whedon's canceled now, or whatever. But um, I haven't rewatched it in a while. But I'm I I just love the dialogue. Of- yeah he's got a lot a a lot of that between like yeah nick fury's speech and the loki dialogue and And throwing loki meet up again you know i know you always talk about we always talk about that that off the pod because uh they're doing more like not they're not full-on like shakespearean like uh they can be in the comics sometimes with or i think they've moved i guess they've got those airs yeah yeah. they've moved away from that nowadays i think they just make thor talk like in the movies which is mostly normal or maybe not i don't know I, i haven't read it Thor book in a minute, but I do like in that that they're yeah they're kind of talking more lofty and like sort of Victorian yeah, yeah, in a sense. The, yeah that's probably a good way like Victorian maybe not like full on but they're they're a little more fanciful with their language and stuff which I think is cool which I mean I, I'm not gonna say it's an awful thing I don't hate it or anything but in like Ragnarok specifically Thor doesn't do much of that uh, well he kind of he kind of just changes completely he kind of becomes like a, a kind of a surfer dude bro yeah and and, 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 and Thor Ragnarok is especially I suppose in game and again I, there's like valid character reasons for that because you know he's been in a different situation for a while although I think we talked about the one time on the show that like it's kind of weird to think about that he has he's changed so much because of the events of like a handful of years when he's supposed to be like right. 1500 years old already he's yeah he, he's fought dozens of battles and such it's weird that he's like a, really, over a thousand. but you can't really think about that no you can't but it's weird that he's like over a thousand 
he spent a thousand years speaking one way and then he hangs out on earth for like uh, you know essentially a week of our time and his his accent's gone essentially you know yeah he's like it was like he's like he, he like studied abroad for a month exactly. in midgard and was like <laughs> now i talk like this he's like those people that they make fun of on like letter kenny you go to like europe for a week and now you're talking like you're, you're the queen the queen's english or whatever <laughs> yeah really solid like you said favorite one so far hopefully they keep up the solid work i it uh i will say like it feels very cinematic at times i don't know like there's a lot of sort of like you know because they're only 30 minute episodes and they're conveying like hours worth of story sometimes it feels like they can do the sort of like a visual shorthand of like well you know what this is supposed to be so you get the gist kind of deal Mm -hmm. um so i feel like they can convey a lot in a short time but they it still feels pretty cinematic and i think a big part of that really is the voice actors like maybe it shouldn't be you know, but for me, at least I am i can't lie, like hearing the actual voice actors makes this feel like more authentic. And I'm like, wow, this is real. Yeah, more like a more like a real Marvel property, not just like, well, this could be just like a fan made YouTube yeah. animated short or whatever. Yeah, and I, I think that, again, maybe it shouldn't. But for me, at least that really does go a long way. And I think it lends it some credence. If it was all just like, a you know, the voice actors that they use for the freaking video games or something, I think it wouldn't feel as good sometimes. But you know, maybe that's just me. I think no, I really see where it comes from. I think they like make okay, I definitely choices make, I agree. in like the fact that some of them are and some of them aren't. You know, they don't go out of their way to get each. They haven't, at least thus far, gone out of their way to get each and every voice actor. But I think they get enough. Maybe we're like, it's there's a good balance at least. Yeah, there's enough that you're like, well, it's not like they only got Nick Fury. I was like, and then no one else was the same. So it's kind of jarring to hear like a voice you recognize and then in a, in a sea of unrecognizable um, voices. But also, I think like, yeah. Like, again, Black Widow did not stand out. It wasn't, like, world-breaking for the yeah. episode. I don't... Do you think that... um Was was Hank Pym voiced by Michael Douglas? Oh, he definitely was Michael Douglas. I, I think so. It was very, yeah, he was... I think he was Michael... Because I remember I made a note that I was surprised that they were able to get Michael Douglas. Because he's a pretty um big actor. What's what I thought? I was like, surely they didn't drag Michael Douglas in there <laughs> to, to do Mid. a couple lines for... What if? If, but maybe they did. Maybe, maybe, maybe these. Maybe they like uh, they cornered him on Ant Man three, and were like, "Hey, see, do it. We I got you here." I, you're joking, but I think that actually happens a lot more than you might think. I think when you like when you get these actors in for stuff like this, like whether it's a I don't know a freaking commercial or like a video game or something, and it's the actual voice actor from the movies, you're like, I think a lot of the time it literally is something like that. They're like, "Hey, we got you here for the actual movie." In between takes here, you want to record some. I know their problem with that, with like, I don't know, I saw somewhere, I don't remember exactly where, I think it was on Instagram or something, or Reddit or whatever, of how Marvel will be really like discreet about stuff mm-hmm. and having people show up to things they don't know what it's for. And that really fucks up like agents. It's not even like just for Infinity War and uh, Endgame where they're really secretive and didn't tell anybody what it was. Just like in general, for like, I think for Civil War, they were like this too. Maybe. I saw something, maybe Brie Larson, something about Captain Marvel, where they won't, they will just say, like, you have to show up here, and it's for whatever, but, it, like, will just be a random thing, they, they won't know, so the agent company can't really, like, charge enough, or they don't really know what to do, so they can kind of get more bang for their buck in a way, kind of Marvel can at least. It's a bit scammy. I, I haven't looked into it too much, I think I saw this post probably, maybe, probably a year ago at this point, Um, so I'll probably take more looking into it, but it's my show, so I'll I'll be as as well sourced as I want. Yeah, so I, I know I said I wouldn't, but I did just look it up anyways. Um, It says, the Wikipedia page I'm still going to hear, also explicitly calls out the, uh, the Titan Comic Fury's big week. 
think was fun because that's essentially what this well like again it's like a take on sort of those three movies but again those three movies are sort of contained within fury's big week and also the fact that like it's from the perspective of nick fury kind of means this is like a, a what if episode that's sort of like a what if version of a movie that or a comic that most mcu fans have never read <laughs> or seen or read yeah well, right most people haven't so uh looking at it here it was actually it was actually michael douglas which is crazy i don't know how they got that and then also yeah, jamie too many lines um they actually got her back for sit which is crazy because she had what one line i think i mean they definitely probably grabbed her on loki though because she's on loki they probably like say one word or oh, they just like right. had her say it during a take and they just took the audio and just threw it in you're totally right they, they, check. It, they got her in for like a scene in loki as well see again though yeah. she's so also they, in thor 3 right so like right she's returning for yeah that. she is because so, she's the only one in thor 3 who survives all the other super friends are killed yeah, i said thor 3 i meant thor 4 i'm sorry um, she's in Thor four. I know she's in Thor yeah, four. Yeah, so maybe maybe those all three came together while they're on the cast. And they're like, we got you here for literally all of this stuff. Just do it. We'll pay. We'll give you. A, here's three hundred dollars. Just do it. <laughs> so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to talk that much for it, but whatever. I liked it. So I think we can act attack now. All right, right. So let's. Yeah, we'll act attack onto uh, Shang Chi predictions. So next episode, obviously, is when. And next week is when the movie comes out and we'll record our review or pseudo review, however the fuck we do it, mm-hmm. of um of that movie. So now we're going to talk about our predictions. Now, what I will say at the top here before we get into it is that I'll like, oh, this movie and Eternals are going to have this, at least for me, is that I do not know a lot about these characters. I had never heard of Shang-Chi before they announced this movie, to be honest. So I know hardly anything about him, his vague connection to the Mandarin, so... These predictions aren't going to be as in depth as they were for Black yeah. Widow. I so, was just forewarning, just for full disclosure. Yeah, some kind of disclaimer. I don't have as much necessary to say as well. So I think it's going to be somewhat shorter. But I also, the only comic I've ever read that had Shang-Chi in it was he's in the, ironically enough, he's in the Age of Ultron What If comic. He's, yeah. he's here's in one of those issues. <laughs> but I think that's just about it. Because, and it also, here's the thing as well is that he seems to be very different. From his comic version in a lot of ways fundament like fundamentally i would say actually but based on like his relationship with the mandarin and stuff which in the comics is not a thing the the mandarin originally is it, it's not much more racist in the comics yeah. well yeah in the comic his, 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 the role his, of his father is sort of like the they've in the movie here they've replaced this the character of uh fu manchu with the character of the Mandarin for this movie. Yeah. But even in the comics, I don't think Fu Manchu is his father. I think it's like a, it is like a mentor type situation, but it's uh, yeah, I think, I think he's the guy who teaches him martial yeah. arts. Exactly. So it's like, it's very different in the, in the comics. The Mandarin is just pretty much exclusively an Iron Man villain. He's what the Ben Kingsley character was meant to be. Kind of. Before but, they did the twist that he's like, right. But the Ben Kingsley character as well, though, like that's a different take on it as well. Like in the, I guess we can just get into this. I don't know if this is really prediction-y, but in the comics, the Mandarin's rings are, they appear to be sort of magic, but they're really alien technology. He's like, I don't, right, I yeah. don't know. I'm not sure how he finds a crashed spaceship or something. And then he's got them. And I think it's a similar scenario that appears to be playing out in the movies, the movie here, which is like, he is very, very like old, like potentially like thousands of years old or something. And he's just been mm-hmm. able to use them to prolong his life and like, 
conquer gain power. power. A difference also in the movies is that in the comics, the rings are like like just bands that he wears. Yeah, like rings that are like just like actual rings. Yeah, these are like arm. But in the movies, they're like just armbands, which I think makes more sense like visually if you're trying to do stuff because if they're like tiny things on his hands, you'd have to draw more attention to them. And if they're like big and very clear, you can do action a lot easier because he can like. It seems that he can he can like throw them off his arms yeah. and they're like tied to him. So he does a lot of tricks, it seems, in the trailers. I agree. It does seem like a more interesting sort of situation. Yeah, where he can fling them around and they yeah, they, they're bigger, so they're like you said, they're just easier to see. It it's cool. I will say they don't seem to necessarily have the same sort of abilities. In the comics, each one of the rings has like a very distinct power. Right, yeah. I don't know, they're like they're like the rings of power from Lord of the Rings or something, where like one is fire, one is laser, one is ice kind of deal. And these one is mind and soul or whatever. Like Yeah. Whereas these yeah. ones I think they all seem to kind of work in conjunction and they just kind of do vague energy blast type stuff. Yeah. I think they might do some like like uh, elemental abilities. I think they'll probably give them like vague like you said, energy and like cosmic elemental manipulation, like wind and manipulate the earth and fire and water because there's that scene in the trailer where like water surrounds him is like floating around shang chi yeah. so if we're going to get in this i have a couple of things i'll say good okay so one of the predictions that i have i guess i don't know this is maybe even just straight up in the trailers but i think that he, there's going to be a little more like uh mysticism to the sort of kung fu and stuff that he learns in the comics shang chi is literally just a martial artist he's the greatest martial artist in the world but he has no powers. He's not even like Iron Fist. Yeah, who's you know predominantly just martial arts, but he has like magic punches. Essentially, he's got super powerful, glowy punches. Right? He's not even that in the comics. He's just real good at martial arts, and like it's a testament to how skilled that he is. Is that he can like hang with actual superheroes and stuff, and you know in situations because he's just that good. But it seems like in the movie here and. Maybe this also is just going to be because of the rings. Um, he seems to have some a little bit more going on. Like he ha- he may have some kind of that sort of like magic kung fu himself. Um, just in the trailer, there's that like character. I think maybe it's his mother. I'm not sure who is doing kung fu, and she's like making as she's like going through the poses. She's like making all the leaves and stuff swirl around her. Like she seems to be manipulating wind. Yeah, that that is his mother. I believe that is his mother. Okay. And so like I think stuff like that is just to me that. There's going to be a little more to this. And like, even though I just said, like, in the comics, sort of part of his whole thing is that, like, well, he is just Kung Fu, but he's so good that he can hang with people. I do think in the MCU, they probably were like, well, if we're going to want him to be like a main character going forward and appear in some of the the team up stuff and whatnot, we probably got to give him a little more than just punches. Um, yeah, he can't just be like us. Like, he can't, he can't be in like Black Widow, Hawkeye tier. He's got to be like Captain America yeah, kind of yeah. tier or Spider-Man. Yeah. And I also think likely he's going to acquire the Ten Rings. Well, yeah, I mean, this movie. So. I mean, literally, I and do that know that those. one thing I am excited about in this movie is that there's a dragon in it. Because in the one of the trailers, he goes underwater and talks to like a big yeah. dragon. And so I'm, I I mean, I love a dragon. If a dragon's in a thing, I, I like it like <laughs> like it like it's like two points bumped into it rank wise. Yeah. So I think just for the dragon alone, this movie would be at least worth it for me. <laughs> Dragon. Now that I'm saying this movie's gonna be bad, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Got another thing. I also like, know that. What did you say? I was I was gonna say that's another thing that I'm not really familiar with about his lore, but um, I don't know if there's usually a dragon involved. But it 
to me is reminiscent of the the Iron Fist dragon. Um, I can't remember its name, but in that's Iron Fist lore is that when he's ready, he kills a dragon and gets the Iron Fist. <laughs> so yeah, it kind the dragon's of, reincarnated for every Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah. But so in the comics, those those dragons are different. The dragon in Shang Chi is a more traditional Chinese dragon, and the one that Iron Fist kills has like wings, like an Eastern dragon, a Western oh. dragon. Excuse me. So they're they're a bit different. No, I'm just uh, saying. I know it. That's kind of something that piqued my interest. I was like, maybe again, maybe they're kind of gonna use the dragon as like a way to give him some abilities and stuff, like they would for yeah. Iron Fist. Even though technically Iron Fist does exist in the MCU, maybe I don't even know. I'm not sure about the status. He might. Stuff. I mean, based on this, not to not to jump the gun, if we're gonna talk about this, based on that uh, Spider-Man trailer, if if a certain person's in the movie, like people think he is. Iron mm-hmm. Fist might not be far behind. Yes, but even even when those, I mean, technically, I think they're still canon. I don't know though. Even when those Netflix series were airing, they had a bad problem of like, which has been the the case for all Marvel TV of all kinds until these uh, Disney Plus shows. Disney Plus shows, which was that the the, the sort of uh, transfer only went one way. Like in the in the shows they would talk about the movies but no one ever none of the movie character or the show characters ever came up so like yeah it's one of those exactly. things if the defenders were still around do you think we would have seen them again by now in one of the movie type situations so i don't know but i i think it's just as possible that they're kind of going to more or less sweep those series under the rug or just kind of like do sort of like a soft reboot where just at some point they're just going to show up again and be like hey we got the defenders and some of them are different actors don't look too hard <laughs> Um, don't don't just squint squint please squint and iron fist in particular was one of the most poorly received ones and his actor as well was very poorly received and he apparently didn't want to like bother to learn the kung playing iron fist yeah like because at the time there was like a big complaint about the the action in that and apparently it came down to him either not either the studio whoever didn't give him enough time or he just couldn't be bothered to learn the kung fu i don't know i don't want to i don't want to flame the guy or anything but overall that work out yeah that show was one of the most poorly received even though the end of the this i don't know if you've seen it but the end of the season two of that show was kind of neat no I've, I've not watched any of the netflix he um, gives away his marvel shows Colleen wing who she's a character from like you know stuff and i think shit she might be rumored to be coming back in something or another as well here but he gives the iron fist power to her and then he's got a couple iron fist guns sweet he's got like That's magic cool. guns somehow i don't know we never see because they never did a season three, but um, I'll, I'll, I kind of well, it's Netflix and a lot of season true. three. All that was to say that I think there could be a chance that they're essentially going to fold in some some sort of like Iron Fist lore into Shang-Chi here and just run with that forward. Because even at the t- that's another thing that at the time when Iron Fist came out as a show, people were critical of the fact that it's like this Asian setting and like he's he trains with these Tibetan monks and all and, and all this sort of stuff. But he's. Just a white dude, a blonde, blue-eyed white yeah. guy. He's an Aryan man. Is of course the the comic. Like it's not like the creators of the show made that choice. Um, it's not like in the comics he's a he's usually a yeah like an Asian American character. It's a button man. He's just yeah. He's always like that. Isn't he sold to them in the comics? Oh god. Or he I, gets lost there. Or, the comic, or in the show, I believe, which I think is pretty similar. There's like a plane crash. He comes upon them. I mean, I I agree. At, at the, I thought at the time like. Well, sort of part of the character, the point of him is that he isn't from this world. Like he just kind of is thrust into it and, and sort of deal. But at the same time, people had kind of valid complaints. So it's like, well, you could still do that same story and just have him be an Asian American kid. 
Like he's from a yeah. He's fr- a kid from America who is just of Asian descent. Trains in Tibet. Yeah, yeah, it would still work, which I kind of agree. So I think it could be that maybe for the MCU going forward here, they they might be kind of folding in some sort of Iron Fist stuff into Shang Chi here and just using him as the the go to martial arts sort of character. Kind of cool. The only um, other what else? I know that there was a lot of controversy. Not a lot of controversy, but that. I mean, I felt like this that someone just leaked the ending, like the the act three of Shang Chi, and like released photos of like screenshots of the movie. And I saw one of them, but it wasn't a big spoiler. But uh, I was a little disappointed that I saw it. No. And I think Marvel tried to find them, and like people were no. happy that, that someone was... just leaked the end of a movie. Wasn't he getting sued or something? I know the guy from Moon Knight who leaked the Moon Knight oh, picture. Of legal action was being taken against him. That's what I was thinking of. But I um... don't think. There's been a lot of leaking. The spy. There's been a lot. I mean, again, I'm jumping the gun if we're gonna talk about this, but the Spider-Man stuff was has been getting leaked like crazy. I just it's like a minefield on Instagram. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. Just as a disclaimer, I haven't seen. I don't. I don't think at least I don't think I've seen any of the Shang Chi leaks. So I'm not trying to uh, read the leaks and then pass those off as successful predictions. <laughs> Um, like, all right, so Iron, so Iron Fist shows up, and they both and he goes, "Hey, Shang Chi, you can be me now." And they fuse into one guy, and they become Iron Chi or whatever the fuck, Shang Fist or something. <laughs> yeah, say so I, I was going to put in my predictions that hey, I don't think this is going to tie into the sort of like overall MCU narrative they have going at the moment of the multiverse, right? Which, as right. we discussed many times in here is kind of encompassing like it kind of started i guess with wandavision and then it's kind of swept up loki and what doctor if strange and spider-man strange and spider-man all these are kind of come together like doctor strange is popping up all over the goddamn place apparently he's going everywhere know, whatever let's well, mention here apparently it's been rumored that wanda is the villain quote-unquote of doctor strange on uh, too like there's you know, there's, it's kind of, it's, it's really cool to see. I mean, we talked, again, we talked about the show before, but this idea, it, you know, it's, it's a big team up moment again. It's the first kind of like big crossovers type of stuff that we've had since, really since Endgame, right? Like that was obviously yeah. the, the crossover to end all crossovers. The biggest but, crossover event in history. <laughs> yeah. But since then, it's been a lot of like kind of one off solo joints. So it's, it's a really fun time. I think I'm enjoying it a lot at least. But, um, so I was initially going to say, well, with Shang-Chi, I think it's pretty safe to say, there's not going to be any of elements of that. But then I remember that Wong is in this movie. Yeah, I didn't say so, Wong. <laughs> you never know. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to make of that. I, I don't think that he'll be in the multiverse, but I think he will have extended interactions with Wong. Like, I think he'll talk to... Like, I don't think Wong's just going to show up as, like, a cameo. I mean, he will be a cameo, but in insofar that he will talk to Shang-Chi and they will have a conversation either at the beginning or the end of the movie or probably both uh, in like an end credit scene and then he'll kind of get him on his side. Yeah. But I don't think like Shang-Chi's going to show up in Doctor Strange or anything uh, or Spider-Man well, or something. I was going to say maybe he was. Maybe that there's like, yeah, they're going to have some kind of extended interactions and like maybe Wong's whatever he's doing is somehow adjacent to Doctor Strange too and, and all that jazz so maybe it is some way to get him it, it, at the very least i think you're right like it's going to introduce them to the larger sort of universe where wong's gonna be like hey hey i'm a superhero too you're in, in, the, in the in the club <laughs> but it could it could be a pathway for him to be in dr strange at, at this point it seems like there's no one who isn't going to be in dr strange too exactly yeah um my final yeah, but prediction oh, unless you get some 
No, no. Anything I was going to say was going to relate to like stuff that isn't really Shang-Chi related. So okay. you can say your piece. Well, finish up Shang-Chi here. I was going to say my last kind of prediction. I mean, we haven't said a lot. We've just kind of been rambling about it in general. But this is like a firm prediction that I'm going to brag about next week if it's real. Is that I think, and you, you mentioned it earlier, I think that Ben Kingsley is going to be in this movie. Have you seen the the All Hell the King one shot? No, I have not. Dang, nobody be watching the one shots. All right, well, go and watch that. But I'm going to spoil it here regardless. You'll, you'll be fine. You'll live. <laughs> it is on Disney Plus now. It's the only one shot that they've put on Disney Plus. I've been hoping for like, since Disney Plus came out, I don't see why they have all the MCU movies on there and not the one shots. The one shots... Now, I don't even are you even familiar with them? Because I mentioned the other one earlier. I, I I didn't know they were like I thought they were like comics. I don't then I don't really know about the one shots now. Yes. So it is it's a play on the comic thing, right? So in comics, a one shot yeah. isn't is a is a story single that issue. contains single issue one off. For the MCU movies from I want to say Iron Man 2 through I think the last one they did was Iron Man 3. So just about know, like six of them or something. I think, oh, maybe Thor 2. No, I think, okay, it was Thor 2. I think All Hail the King was the last one, and it was on Thor 2. Basically, with the Blu-rays, for the Blu-rays, they would do, uh, like, a 10 to 15 minute, well, the other ones were kind of low, but towards the end, they were, like, 10 to 15 minute, little short, short films, essentially, right? Little self-contained stories, but they got, sometimes they got the legit actors and shit, and they just told little, like, stories in the MCU, which is kind of fun. Like, one of them, the one that came on Iron Man 3 was called Agent Carter, and it was about Peggy Carter. It was sort of like a soft kind of pilot for the the TV show. I don't know if you ever seen any of that, but it's I've, yeah, I have seen the Peggy Carter TV show. Okay, so it's it's like that. It's like she's she goes off and does a mission, and all her coworkers are like, "What do you what do you know? You're a woman," and she's like, "You're abroad. We're from yeah. the '50s. You're abroad or something." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she goes and has like an adventure. But so the All Hail the King one is it takes place in prison. And the Mandarin, a.k.a. like the Ben Kingsley character, who is not the Mandarin, is in prison. And he's giving an interview to Scoot McNary. And like Justin Hammer's there as a cameo, which is fun. And basically, he's, he's been giving an interview for several days. And like everyone in the prison thinks he's dope. He like gets special treatment for being like the Mandarin. <laughs> he um at one point, they have him do the voice. Like Trevor, Trevor, do the voice. And he's like, you'll never see me coming. You know, he does the whole thing, right? Like, they all know he's yeah. not really the Mandarin because he's just a British dude. And he's like, doing the bits, like, keeping the bit up. Yeah, and at the end of the One Piece, the One Shot, sorry. One Shot. Oh, goodness. You got One Piece on the brain. Summon One Piece to you. Oh, yeah. Scoot McNair reveals that he is a member of the Ten Rings and that he's an agent of the Mandarin. And he says, he's like, he, like, takes Trevor captive and he's like, because Trevor, I think Trevor's like, who do you work for? And he's like, he, you you know him like you stole his name and he wants it back and it's so it's like the implication obviously is that the mandarin is real which obviously because of shang chi we know is just a thing in that he it's was mad at him for like impersonating him essentially right hmm. bringing him down because that's kind of been like a bit of a sticking point in the mcu was like when they did that twist with the mandarin that everyone hated was like based off of the events of iron man one the ten rings are real as an organization right and then the Ten Rings pop up a couple more times. They're in, like, Ant-Man. They're in, obviously, Iron Man 3. But then it's like, if this Mandarin isn't the real Mandarin, and he's also not actually leading the Ten Rings, is the Ten Rings real? Like, it's it, it gets kind of tricky. And now we've come full circle to that, where we do have the real Mandarin. And the and real so, Ten Rings. And the real Ten Rings. And so I think, 
potentially we'll get, if not a cameo from Ben, ben Kingsley, because he might be a big get for like a couple minute cameo in an MCU movie. My prediction is we'll get some kind of reference to how that shook out, because clearly the Mandarin was not happy with him and probably was just going to like do some messed up to him and kill him. Kill him <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, that's on Disney Plus. It's it's one of the only one shots that is on Disney Plus. I don't know why they're so secretive about them. Because um, again, the only way you can get them is Blu-rays, and no one buys Blu-rays anymore, either, anyways, except me. So, but yeah, <laughs> that one's on there. It's got its own thing. I I will say, I think some of the one shots are in the extras section of their respective movies. Maybe I want to say, but they just recently put out. All Hail the King on Disney Plus, like I think this week as a standalone little thing that you can just search up. And I think that just bolsters my claim because they probably were like, well, shit, if we're going to have Ben Kingsley roll up <laughs> in Shang-Chi, we need to put this out there so that more people can see it so they know what's up. Yeah, so, so they can keep track. You and everyone listening, go watch the All Hail the King one shot. It's, it's, I it's, won't. I refuse. You better. Jack. What are you going to make me? We gotta go see the movie. I'll see it's the movie like, all the same. This way, if he shows just up, explain the entirety to me and all the three people who are now listening. No, but it's it's good. I didn't do the Ben Kingsley voice good, so all right, we good. Do you have any anything else Shushi. to add about Shang Chi? No, I was no. I got to be honest. When I said say your piece, your piece was a lot longer than I thought it was gonna no, be. <laughs> sorry, you know me. <laughs> That's fine. I won't cut it. I'm not gonna cut anything. I'm not. All right, I'm cutting for time on a episode eleven. But let's act attack into something else. Now, do you? What do you want? Well, to I was going to say we're doing some MCU, and I think we'll, we'll we've got more to do before we're done. But I had a couple little Star Wars things that we could act attack and do to just break up the flow. Oh, okay, right. cool. I didn't, I thought you were just going to do we were going to do the rest of the, those MCU trailers, no, but I'm down for some Star Wars yeah, stuff to break it up. So, have you seen the stuff that uh, they put out? And I think Katie Sackhoff specific so katie sackoff plays bo katan right she voices the little katan in the animated shows and also played bo katan in the mandalorian right right okay. and so she put out about how when they were filming the finale the appearance of luke skywalker was a secret right even to the actors which is kind of kind of similar to the mcu stuff we're talking about where they like to be real sneaky <laughs> they never like to oh, is this the plo koon thing yes it's the plo koon thing so they told her Oh, I saw that too. And I don't know if they told any others or just her, but they, they at the very least told her that the Jedi who appeared to say him at the end was Plo Koon. And they even did a... I wish it was Plo Koon. Concept art, I think. I don't... I've seen concept art, but I don't know if that was just fans or if that was officially produced in order to, like, throw people off. But I just thought that yeah, was Yeah, I've seen that too. We're like, I, and I, think that, I saw it too. I thought it was very funny. No, this is, I think this is real concept art, maybe. Because it's also got a different mm. droid. It's not R2-D2. It's like a red astromech. I just think that's uh. fun. There's not really much else other to it, but that's fun. Plo Koon is famously Dave Filoni's favorite the, Jedi. He's my favorite Jedi. I love Plo Koon. He's the best. What are you, why? <laughs> are you doing this just to bug me? Well, uh... He, he, no, I'm serious. He was my. He, I had a little action figure, Plo Koon. Right, uh, I didn't right. have a shit, but I, little, I had a little Plo Koon action figure. I think we've um, brought it up on the show. Cool he's cool. He lives between two. His plans between two black holes. He, oh, yeah. he has a super cool Clone Wars episode. I agree. All right. I, I don't disagree. I like Plo Koon plenty. I think we, he's actually. Yeah, then why were you like, you're doing this to make me mad? That sounds like you don't like him. I'm pretty sure you've brought him up on the show before just to bug me because you, you talk about his force judgment and how people say well, he's that, the best Jedi ever. 
and how he could I mean, he could beat Darth Vader in a one v one and kill everyone presumably. I, I guess I wasn't kidding about that. He could like I've done the math. Right. If right. you calculate the amount of force he's putting through that lightning, Plo Koon has actually wait actually what? now hold on. You're gonna be mad at me for this, but I'm gonna say it. I think actually Plo Koon could beat Va- could do a lot of damage to Vader. Because he uses lightning, he doesn't have because, that. And, which is not real. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Now, if he did, though, let's let's uh, well, let's work on something that he did, right? Yeah. We know, and I think I brought up on the show last week, two weeks ago. I think no, it almost been last week. How the Emperor made Darth Vader's like his augmentations are made of metal that conducts electricity, so he can't overthrow him. Okay. So if Plo Koon hit him with lightning, it'd have the same effect. I agree. So. So that if he actually had force lightning, that would be very effective against Darth Vader. And it's one of those things where like, I, I don't know if I've put this forth on the show before, but I think I've said it to you before is like this sort of idea that how come all these Jedi just died to the clones and stuff. To me, the way right. I rationalized it in my head is that the clone, the Jedi we see are the truly exceptional ones being Anakin, Obi-Wan, even Ahsoka, Yoda, like Mace Windu. I think are the top ones. Like those are truly exceptional, absolute top tier Jedi. So like, even when you hear Plo Koon is like, well, he's one of the best duelists in the order. I'm sure that he is, but I still think he's below all those characters I just named probably. Right. And that applies to a lot of Jedi, even Jedi masters that we see in the prequels. I think a lot of them are just not even comparable to, to Anakin and Obi-Wan. Okay. But like, I mean, so I think it really depends on how they die because when Plo Koon is killed, he's shot out of the sky. Well, of course. There's not I, much not, you can do about that. I'm not even just saying Order 66 specifically. You are right, of course. But oh, even okay. then, he's said to also be one of the best pilots in the Order. And they get him in the sky. So like, <laughs> Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Even in the Clone Wars series, we see a lot of Jedi die in not all too impressive ways. Right? Like, there's yeah. several different Jedi who are just overrun by droids. Like, just there's enough of them that they just beat. Which is not, you know, they put up a good fight now. And that's not, like unimpressive you know it's not they're not total slouches but even still jedi are not invincible it's like the you know it's like from episode one like qui-gon says like he wishes that jedi couldn't die but they can they're not they're not all like invincible warriors i don't know what's going on all i was saying is like plo Koon is good and all but i don't think he's if he was that good then he just would have been and he would have won <laughs> i guess right That's fair. Like, i can argue with that yeah he would have just even, yeah, even though i hate that scene or the way specifically the scene plays out in revenge of the sith where all those masters die to uh sidious in like a second oh yeah With, i like, think that kind of on the boys yeah i mean that one's just embarrassing just because the choreography is not done super well to even convince you but even still i think that's kind of a similar thing it's like those were supposed to be three of the best mace windows like all right i'm bringing three of the three of my shooters my yeah, absolute three, killers three of my rider dies and they all just go down in like a second, and he's the only one left because Mace Windu is truly top tier, and Kid Fisto, Seisei Tin, and Egan Kolar are like real solid. They're real good, but they're not. They're not that. Not quite good to that mm. fucking seven twenty that the Sidious does on him. Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to stop, isn't it? Spinning is a good trick, so it'll get you. Yeah, I mean that's what Grievous does in the on the Gendi Trevakoski Clone Wars show, and he kills all those Jedi. So you know, I'm, I guess it works. It works it works and then i had one more little star wars topic to touch on um, right. so this this might be a bad idea because i'm about to go after a uh a youtube channel who has let me well let me look it up real quick um have you heard of star wars theory 
uh, you've told me about them, but I, through my own travels, I've not encountered them very often. It's a weird thing. The reason I don't feel bad about doing, I mean, well, the real reason is that uh, no one's going to hear, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if nobody's it listening. somehow no. gets back to him, um, then I guess we deserve uh, the inevitable retribution. So he has that got back to him. That means we're popular enough that it won't even matter. People actually listen. So he's got 3.03 million subscribers, which means he has about 3.03 million more subscribers than we do. So you know we're punching up at least, right? That's that's. Oh, we got six subscribers. We got six subscribers. Well, three. No, 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 you're right. Three, 3.03 minus six is still 3.03. I think he's. So we're punching up, right? That's the rule of comedy. We're not beating on someone somehow even smaller than us. We're going after him, so I think we're fair. That'd be hard well, to do. That'd be that'd be pretty hard to do to beat someone lower than us. cruel, but this isn't that. So he he put out a tweet. Not oh, just a big backstory for your sake and anyone who doesn't know. Starts there. He makes fine comment content. He, I find his shit to be like needlessly clickbaity sometimes. I I can't even front to you. He also I will say he's not fully in like the fandom menace, right? Which you've you've heard of that before, right? That term. Yeah, we've we've talked about that. Which is just like off off the Yeah, line. which just describes the like the really like the needlessly toxic sort of like constantly dragging uh all the new stuff down, you know, talking about why Disney sucks and how, you know, all the new Disney movies are bad and if you like the sequels, you're not a real fan. Like just shitty. Not even just like people who don't like the stuff, which is fine. But the fandom menace is like the people who make their online presence all about hating on Star Wars, essentially. And it's that it's that famous, it, you know, eternal brand of Star Wars fan who hates Star Wars, which is which they all, which any good Star Wars fan knows it, you can't actually like Star Wars. Exactly. So he is not fully into that. I wouldn't say he doesn't. He's not one of those guys who's always posting videos about how Kathleen Kennedy's going to be fired and how Brie Larson's ruining Star Wars. <laughs> but he. I will say, I feel like he kind of, like, low-key fosters it. He allows it on his, like, comments and stuff, I think. He doesn't do very... He doesn't. He's never really done much, to my eye, to sort of, like, go against it and really, like, make sure that he's not associated with that, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. But I, he's whatever. He's a fine guy. I won't, I won't say too much else. But he put out a tweet this week, or last week, I guess now, where he said that Disney should make a Disney Plus Star Killer series, and that if they did so, they would easily make a billion dollars, and that they're fools for not doing so. Huh? Yeah. So I thought that now, now that's you would be a fun target for this because I was going to ask you, do you know who Star Killer is? No. <laughs> I see. I isn't uh, it? Isn't it? Isn't it like a base? Well, it is. It is. See, I. I, have, I Star Killer Base. Because I thought this would be funny. Because I was like, well, Jack. Now I will say, you are. I would. You have to be right. Just statistically speaking, a a well above average Star Wars fan, right? Like, as in, like the average person who sees yeah. stuff, you have a, a a wealth of knowledge compared to them, right? Because you got to. Re- oh yeah. This is something that I feel like I got to remind myself of with all of this different nerdy kind of content we get into is that this stuff is so popular nowadays that the average person does not really do much other than just go and watch the movies and enjoy them and then just kind of walk out and never really think about them, right? Yeah, until someone brings them up and go, oh, I, I, I saw a movie. Yeah. That movie was pretty good. I kind of liked it. Star Wars and Marvel are so popular now that the average fan of both of those properties is someone who has only ever seen 
most of the movies goes to see them once doesn't talk about them they don't have a podcast they don't they don't engage online about it and so but like i said you using that as the baseline you're well above you know all kind of star wars names and shit you know all kind of yeah. about stars and so i was like i feel like though jack doesn't even know this and you don't so that <laughs> just it's gonna further uh support my argument here in a second so star killer is the protagonist of the force unleashed video game and video games i guess force unleashed one okay i have played that game you're familiar right okay so you yeah i'm familiar it. with the game his real name is gallon marek um star killer is like right okay game or whatever he's he's darth he's... vader's secret apprentice yeah it is not a game series that i love personally i i think they're fun i enjoyed playing them i will say and this is something i have talked on I've mentioned on the pod before. I think they are potentially responsible for some people's warped perception of what Star Wars is. I think they maybe for some people are like the the thing that kind of because I mean they're they're uh, like 15 years old now almost. Yeah, they're pretty old games. Old enough where people who you know if you played them as a kid you could be like a grown ass adult now and and be active online and stuff. Yeah. So the second mm-hmm. one came out in 2010. The first one came out in 2008. So I think they are responsible for giving some people like a bit of like a power fantasy when it came to Star Wars and this yeah. sort of idea that like Star Wars is about cool powers and explosions and shit. I mean, there's always been that. So I guess I can't. I, I won't blame it all on. I won't. I won't rest it all on this this video game. But I, I've again, I think I've said on the show before, right? Of like, some people think that Star Wars is about like cool f- powers and explosions and fighting and shit and with like yeah practical yeah and they've never given a second thought to like themes not to be that guy and story I just enjoy it i guess but then like the problem with some of these people is that sometimes they like will tear down other people people will be like well i don't know this kind of makes sense because of themes they'll be like well there's no themes what are you talking it's just explosions like if you want to just enjoy the explosions i guess that's fine but then if you're going to go online and like yell at other people for trying to look past that, that's where it's like, what are you doing? And yeah. this game, if you, I don't know if you remember, but like it is that it is, it is star Wars, like Jedi power fantasy to the max. There's that, there's that ability you have. Uh, that's like that, just that force explosion where you like tense up and you like gather yeah. a bunch of force into your body and then you just expel it outward in like a dome. Exactly. You can take on like, he, he pulls, um, what is it? He pulls a fucking rogue. He pulls a Rogue One and pulls a, a Star Destroyer out of the sky. Yes, that is potentially the most ridiculous thing, is that he, yes, with the Force, he rips a Star Destroyer from the sky. Um, or, like, orbit, maybe. It's in, like, low orbit or something, and he rips it down the, the, the surface. It's absurd. All right, I'm sorry. If you like this game, that's fine. But it's ridiculous. I find it annoying. I've never been able to see how anyone could reconcile that with um, with like the rest of the universe and again i've never been one for like the whole power fantasy nonsense and so like that always annoyed me because <laughs> i like that thing we were just making fun of people would be like well star killer in a fight could actually beat plo koon when plo koon could be so he's actually the most powerful guy ever he would bitch slap luke well haven't you seen the dlc where he beats up luke so actually he would beat luke and it's just like all right, but he's barely... uh, there was there was a there was a straight to DVD uh, recording <laughs> on a camcom of a prototype of the DLC where he just uh, finds Luke in his sleep and hits him with a baseball bat till he dies. So that means if we work on that that canon, 
he would be able to beat Plo Koon and Vader. Well, because like, yeah, come but on, like, guys, he, he can, watch the thing. He can beat Vader the Emperor. It's like, well, he does die to the Emperor, so I don't really get that. Um, and again, he does beat. He, if you do go off the DLC, but again, I think the games knew what they were. Like, I think the games kind of lean into the idea of like, yeah, this is just ridiculous, like over the top, freaking anime levels of power creep, right? And I think the problem is that maybe people playing them took it seriously, and they're like, yeah, this is Star Wars, bro. Like, I think maybe the game, the developers were like, yeah, we're just going to make a ridiculous Star Wars game. That's just kind of over the top and, and beyond the, the edge of, like, reason. <laughs> and then the some people playing it were like, yeah, this is what Star Wars should be all the time. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, in those DLC, there is ridiculous. DLC. He beats up Obi. He kills Obi-Wan and Leia and Luke. And he, uh, In the DLC, he does this? Yeah, there's, like, a DLC, which is, like, essentially, because the games take place before A New Hope. Um, right and and so there's a dlc which like continues the story of like well this is what would happen if he was still around and it's like an alternate kind of it's kind of like a what if version of the original trilogy because it's like well he tracks him down on tatooine he kills obi-wan and then obi-wan comes back as a force ghost and then he kills obi-wan's force ghost no really yeah and then um that's so stupid and then he's a ghost and then like he he kills luke and then later on because luke has died leia has had to become the jedi and then he beats up her too it's 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 absurd all right it's just ridiculous um, it's really because we know from qui-gon jinn now i'm going to show a little bit of my own star wars nerdiness that when you be my force ghost you just become god essentially like you just join yeah. like god so how would you yeah. you're gonna kill you know kill part of god we'll be, we'll be pulling a a, a cosmere here where we split all the parts of god and we all get one <laughs> we all get a part of god yeah, no, it's just, part again. It doesn't make any sense. Um, that particular part, it um, really doesn't. So, I mean, that was just kind of me digging into the game specifically, but that was all to uh, just support the. Yeah, I don't, that, it's not really relevant to this specific discussion. It's just I don't. I find the game iffy, and I think I personally would be somewhat hesitant of a uh, of a. Any kind of Star TV show, show really any kind of adaptation of him into canon would be a bit. Uh, I would I would be hesitant, right? At best. That, that being said, I have heard versions where he could make his way into the canon, which are believable. And again, here's the thing: straight up, like this is this is kind of what I was getting at. No matter what, he has to be significantly depowered to what he is in the game, right? If he's anything close to what he was in the game it's just absurd but i think it would be cool if he was just brought in as like one of the inquisitors i think that is a role that he could fill and also be believable and not over the top uh yeah but you could feed slide right in with a lot of questions yeah exactly but in the it's just no good in the it, dude in the the game he he like finds the he founds the rebel alliance it's like him like the Rebel mm. Alliance uh, symbol is like his family's house crest or something. It's absurd. Like it's just it's just over the top. He's like the best guy who's ever lived ever. And well, that's, of course, that's it's no cool. all that Star Wars power fantasy stuff makes you the best guy ever. He is cool. Like I I think his there is something to his like actual like his deeper story, like his spiritual kind of thing. Of he's a dark sider who turns to the light, which is always interesting. Um. Mm-hmm. Not even like he kind of you know falls to the dark and back, but like he's raised as a Sith essentially, and he still finds the light, which is cool. Um, but all this was to say that it is not that popular, even among Star Wars fans, right? Because again, 
if you just assume that the uh, average Star Wars fan has never played a Star Wars video game, much less this specific video game, the specific number that he gave out as $1 billion is absolutely crazy, right? And ridiculous, because that's not how uh, the TV shows work on well, Disney Plus, like at all. So, so, and crazily enough, he backed this up in a, in a reply. He's like, nah, listen, this is how you got to do it. He said that he was working off the assumption. His number essentially just came from new subscribers, right? So his number was, well, he used like 10, I think. I don't know. I don't know what Disney Plus costs. I think it, I thought it was more like eight or nine or something. Maybe it's gone up recently. But he was like, if you work on the assumption that it costs $10, right? To get a billion dollars, right. you only need 100 mi- million new subscribers. And that's like nothing. Which is insane. Is absurd. Now, <clears throat> I'm gonna throw a couple numbers at you here to uh to conceptualize this. The Force Unleashed first game sold seven million copies. Right now, <clears throat> it obviously has probably sold more since like the initial year. But if we're being very generous, let's say it sold eight million total all time. Right. Right. Those are the people who are going to be big fans of Starkiller, presumably, right? Who would be won over by this show. This this supposedly absolute money printer of a show. Cash, right? cash cow of a show. Of a character that no one has heard from since, what, 10 the years, Force 15 Unleashed, years? The Force Unleashed 2 significantly underperformed the original. It sold like 4 million copies. So let's just, again, benefit of the doubt, round it all up. Let's say 15 million people have played those games. That's assuming that the people who bought the second one aren't the same people who bought the first one. Many of Mitch, they would be, probably almost exclusively. There's that that Venn diagram's probably very nearly just a circle. Like I have both games, so you couldn't count me twice, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if we assume that, that's 15 million people, right? How in his mind 15 million goes from goes to 100 million? Like somehow there's 15 million fans of Starkiller who would overnight become a hundred million fans who would flock to the service is absolutely crazy to me. And and another thing to go along with it is that even though a game sells seven million copies, that doesn't mean all seven million people love the game. That's very good point, Jack. Like furthermore, you can't tell me like oh god. Oh I I was gonna say another another point I had is like so I remember playing that game with my like on the Wii. Like I had on the Wii or I rented on the Wii with my brother. Mm-hmm. And like we both played it, so those numbers—I mean, goes both ways. Like those numbers don't actually represent how many people like it, because like if you you can only you only need to buy one thing, and you only need to buy one Disney Plus subscription. And if you know someone with Disney Plus, you just use their service. Well, so I was so, like, not... what's what do you? Like... So this is this is a further thing so... I was gonna bring up. So Disney has reported that in the third quarter of 2021. Uh, Disney Plus has 116 million subscribers. That would mean yeah. that their subscriber count would virtually have to double as a result of this particular show for it to make the kind of profit that he is putting out. He's predicting. That would assume, mind you, that even again, let's jump another bridge just for the sake of argument, and let's assume that somehow there really are 100 million absolutely rabid Starkiller fans out there who would who would buy the subscription. Who have not already bought Disney Plus to watch other Star Wars things. Who only like Starkiller. Who don't give a shit about The Bad Batch or Clone Wars or Rebels or fucking The Mandalorian or any of the Star Wars movies that are just on there. Like, 
the you, mental gymnastics this guy's yeah. doing, you'd think he was in the Olympics. You like, took the holy shit. Right out, right out my mouth, Jack. I was going to say, that's assuming that none of those 100 million Starkiller fans make up any percentage of the 116 million subscribers that there already are. Which, yeah. to me, has to be impossible. Because of the yes, two of us, we presume- both would. Like, we are 100% right. of this podcast owns Disney Plus and would watch that show. And our Star Wars fans. I would watch that show. So yeah, you've I already would. got that. But I already, again, exactly. I already pay for it. I, I he, he went on to further say that, like, well, people delete it. Or, like, they people stop subscribing, um, like, after a show is done. So, like, which I don't know if they're, if, from what I've heard, like, the numbers don't support that. Like, if anything, it's the opposite. The way that subscription services, re- well, really, subscription services of any kind. Anything that requires a subscription, they are like 90% of the time banking on the fact that you do forget about it and just pay for it forever, regardless of if you use it or not. Yeah, that's but, why there's a lot there's a lot of those um apps now that will tell you that have gotten the power yeah. that like will tell you if you have a subscription and be like, hey, remember, don't forget about this to like help you save money. Like I forget it all the time. Like I'll forget I have like and then I'll just be like, why is there twenty dollars out of my account from this thing I don't remember using? Like they bank on that. Yeah. So putting that aside, so assuming that the, there really is like tens of or hundreds, a hundred million people who immediately jump ship the second there isn't something weekly catching their interest, who would all flock back for Starkiller. It's absurd to think that they wouldn't do so for any number of Star Wars shows. Like you said, the number of individuals have, as of yet, refused to buy a Disney Plus subscription. They've not been interested by any of the Star Wars offerings thus far. They're not interested by, and again, not even just Star Wars offerings, because there's more on there, right? So this mm-hmm. is someone who has is not interested in any of the Marvel stuff, not interested in any of the just general general Disney stuff, any of the original programming on Disney Plus, any of the catalog of Disney movies. Again, they're not interested in watching any of the new Star Wars shows, i.e., like The Mandalorian. <laughs> the Bad Batch, Season 7 of The Clone Wars, soon-to-be Visions. Um, they're not interested in watching the back catalog of Star Wars content, like all the movies, uh, Rebels, The Clone Wars, like you said. The number of people who have turned a blind eye to all that and said, nah, you really haven't, you, you've, not, you've not sold me yet, who will then pay it because of the Starkiller show, has to be like four. <laughs> There's got to be like yeah. four dudes on Earth that applies to. So, yeah, that just gave me a chuckle. I don't It's just the, the amusing part of it wasn't that he said they should make that, which is kind of like whatever to be. It's it's fine. Like, I don't, again, I don't want to dig into this guy too much. Again, I think it's a little cringe because I think Starkiller is like the like, I suppose to me, he's like the stereotypical uh, sort of uh, like neckbeard icon. Star Wars, power yeah, exactly. Like I keep saying, yeah, he's like the deep, literal power fantasy. So, to me, he appeals in particular to a a certain sect of fans that I don't necessarily love to begin with. But even putting that all aside, if he just had said, like, "Man, I want a Star Wars, I want, I want a, I want a uh, Force Unleashed game," I think that'd be cool. Or, uh, sorry, a Force Unleashed show, I think that'd be sweet. I'd have just been like, "All right, not really my thing, but sure." Again, I would watch it, whatever. It's the fact that he yeah. he put out the number to begin with and then like doubled and tripled down on his $1 billion estimate that I just found amusing and worthy of ridicule. Oh, I definitely, this is one thing I like to do. It's ridicule yeah. people. And we're punching up, like we yeah, said. So, it's, yeah, 
Right now, we can ridicule pretty much whoever we want if, uh, because I don't think there's anybody who's smaller than us. If Star Wars Fit Theory feels that threatened by our uh, podcast, then yeah, I guess come after us. Feel free. What you really need to do. All right. So that's all my Star Wars stuff. So let's act attack back into some Marvel stuff. Our, our main two. Uh... Yeah. So now that we've had our intermission of Star Wars, our bread and butter. So, so much for our tagline of anything and everything. It's really just Marvel and Star Wars. Mostly nowadays. So, I thought, Jack, I thought we'd do something a little fun for these two trailers, all right? I thought we could introduce a segment, okay. a potentially recurring segment with a title and everything. See, you know, now, not, not to cut you off, I love that you're doing this on the show. Not, mm-hmm. you didn't text me or call me or be good. Because it's not much of a segment. Don't get, I'm keeping this in. No, don't get to it. It's not much of anything. <laughs> Okay. Until we somehow, I'm glad it's nothing. Until we at some point develop a jingle and potentially a, its own logo, it's called Trailer Trash or Trailer Cash. Oh, huh? Jesus! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about trailers and we decide if they are trailer trash or trailer trash or cash. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so this week we are two contenders. <laughs> our two contenders. Are the final trailer for the Eternals Eternal? and the teaser trailer for Spider-Man: No Way Home. So you want to do it now? Now hold on. I I will say something before we get into this. They say teaser trailer for a I, fucking three-minute trailer that basically just gives oh, you the plot. That's not a fucking teaser. That's just a trailer. I, way ahead of you. I was gonna say though, let's do Eternals because that was the older trailer. Like that came out first. So also that movie's coming okay. out first. Right. Yeah. I, you mind if I go first? Good. Yeah, since I will, uh, I'll, I'll go first because I don't know a lot, and you know more about the Eternals than I do. I really like this trailer. Um, I thought it actually, like the first, I think I, I kind of like the way they kind of do these trailers, and I think there's obviously a way they think about it where they do one trailer where they kind of introduce the concept, but none of the characters and like or the plot of the movie, and then this next one they start kind of they do like character interactions and the plot. And one thing I will point out is that they change kind of change what the deviants are. Because in the comics, the deviants are just like gross goblin monsters. Yep. But in this one, they almost seem just like mindless animals, except for the one guy who's like their leader. Yep. He seems a little bit different. So I, I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I was going to... Would you really kind of all I had to say? Say you, you can tell your points. Okay, I was going to say something similar, actually. Yeah, I was going to mention the deviants. Um, so I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, in... Shit, I'm not going to lie. It's a little rusty. It's been a... See, this is funny. It's been like well over a year or so since I've probably almost two actually since I've read the uh, the Neil Gaiman run of the Eternals in particular, because you know, right? This movie was supposed to come out like a year ago, so I was like, ah, I'll do this before the movie, and it's it's been like a. And they're like, oh, sorry, no movie for you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, in as I recall, I could be wrong, but like in the. In that that run in particular, it's one of those things. I think I've said it before on here. I've literally said it to you. It's like the MCU, or not the MCU, particularly the Marvel comics, can get really kind of like confusing because there's so many different concepts at play there. There's so many different like sci-fi things of like between like the magic and the time travel and all that. Where it, like I feel like there's a lot of stuff that is covered over like multiple. The, the same ground can be covered multiple times by different sort of writers writing for different sort of comics and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one interpretation, I suppose, in the Marvel Universe is that the humanity is created by the Celestials. And as I recall yeah. it, essentially, they made the Deviants were like their first try. 
and they fucked it up and it didn't turn out well. And that's why they're all like, oh, we burned them. We burned them bad. They're no good. And then they made the the Eternals who are real good. And then they made the humans. And then so now the humans protect or the Eternals protect the humans from the Deviants. But yeah, like you said, they're more. I thought they made the Inhumans as well. Oh, did I say the Inhumans? That could be. I I, um, I thought they made. I th- I thought it went deviants, then Inhumans, and then Eternals, because then they got it right. And then what I thought it was is that the Celestials come to Earth and they take a bunch of like prehistoric humans that already existed, and they just take them and experiment on them, and Maybe. like they fuck up three times. They fuck up. They fuck up once. They make the deviants, and they kind of get it right the second time and put them on the moon, and then they get it right and put them on Saturn. They get the Eternals right and they put them on Saturn or wherever they live. Shit. Yeah, maybe I, I should have looked at this before we started, but <laughs> I, I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, nobody's I, listening. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I think the Kree made the Eternal or the Inhumans, rather, though, right? I thought the Kree made the Inhumans. But, like, they're, yeah, no? That's the I, I think they did. Um, I don't know. Someone, someone, if we had fans, someone would email us. Yeah. The, the only thing I was getting at is that, yes, in the comics, they're usually more humanoid, the Deviants are. Yeah. They have the ability to like kind of shape shift and they can appear actually as humans, like just indistinguishable as like normal humans to like be sneaky. Um, and yeah, they're, but like you said, in this movie, they seem to be more often like animals or like creatures, monsters of some kind, like wolf. Yeah, like mindless beings. Which is whatever. I don't know how I personally feel. But like, yeah, like you said, the, the leader guy, whoever that is, does appear to obviously be intelligent. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a twist on it. I've kind of, I, I mean, we haven't seen it yet, so maybe I'll reserve judgment. But I, I would have liked to see the weird, gross goblin man, <laughs> the weird, like misshapen human, like because they again they're vaguely humanoid, but like they they kind of have proportions wrong often, and like they're just yeah. Weird. One one thing I will make note of that a lot of people like we like I think we're gonna tie back to what you said earlier about baseline Marvel fans won't know. Not nothing against them; they just don't. You know, it's. I mean, I don't really know that much about the Eternal, so I mean, I'm I'm no man to judge, but I, I'm not. Uh, is that Thanos? The reason he he's an Eternal, and in in they don't they don't touch on it at all. They might actually in this movie, which I which I just thought of, but the reason he looks like that is he was he they what is revealed when Thanos was born is that the deviant DNA is still in them, the genes just aren't activating, like they're they're turned off. So when something happens when Thanos is born, some a mutation occurs that causes his deviant genes to kick in. So he becomes purple and like all deformed and he's real big. And his mother tries to kill him when he's born and doesn't like him. No. And goes insane. Well, there you go. Uh, so that's why Thanos looks like that. Is he's a deviant and an eternal? Like he's an eternal with like deviant physiology. So it's uh huh. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um and like sort of the under again, I'm I'm all of my turtles knowledge is also just based off that one Neil Gaiman run. But in that, like in they, they they touch on this in the trailer actually. So um that like essentially the Eternals and the Deviants have always been there and they've just kind of been like fighting each other in the background sort of thing. So like that they've just been waging this sort of eternal war and like we just have never been privy to it, which is kind of a fun concept. And yeah, yeah again, they, they bring it up in the trailer. John Snow t- Sean, John Snow as sir. Yeah, that's a cool sort of reasoning. It's like, well, we don't we don't get involved unless it's the deviants. We don't we can't mess with our around with anything else. Which is, I think that is carried over from the comic as well. Because Idia is like, well, the humans are supposed to be. We don't want to kind of like disrupt their 
trajectory and what they're going to do because like it, at, the, at some point you know you're kind of messing with free will almost yeah but the deviants like the, we don't want them or like that's not fair to them so we'll get we'll take care of the deviants if they pop up we won't let them wreak havoc but anything else the humans are kind of on their own which is an interesting sort of yeah. concept yeah i will say and i like i like in the trailer when it when it when um kit harrington when karen's the black knight character asks um the one eternal who i think is kind of the main one she's like the main one i think along with um rob starks i don't remember these actors names so i'm saying the last character i know them as uh she's like he's she's like well we were told not to and he's like who told you that and then it hard cuts yeah. to that celestial which i really liked because mm-hmm. it's like he's the boss like this guy's far above them like anything that they could even muster and he's yeah. like the guy calling the shots oh maybe that's it shit uh as, as we're talking i'm unlocking more memories i think maybe the like deviants were the pet project of one particular celestial maybe maybe that's the explanation i don't it's really not important, but yeah. <laughs> probably look into it a bit closer in the movie. Yeah, I'll probably reread it before the movie um, to, to freshen up. But yeah, I, I like the show as well. I, I agree with what you said. Is like It reveals a little more of the plot and characters, but really not a whole ton. It, it just seems to be that they're like getting the band back together kind of thing, which is, again, reminiscent of the uh, that comic. The only difference being that uh, the big part of that comic is that they don't remember that they're eternals there's like a uh uh, you know like an amnesia scenario that applies to all of them except icarus where they do not remember that they are eternals and they have to kind of be reminded which i think would have been a cool thing to see i'm a little disappointed that's not gonna be there but um and this one they are still split up and like they have to get back together but they do all seem to be aware of the fact that that's what they are i think it's i think it's the same save time yeah, so they did the amnesia plot. You gotta give them all their memories back, and they gotta kind of repeat. They kind of have to repeat the process. Yeah. Be like remember, and they gotta trigger the memories, and they yeah. gotta you know. I feel like it's, it's a lot of samey. Like yeah, that that is true as well. Yeah. That's a and there's not as much action if you do it that way. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I will say, like the thing I like about that is that like when you do that, sort of like so for the main character, more or less of that run is Makari, who is gender swapped in this. Uh, in this movie she's uh they're portrayed by a woman this time and she also doesn't seem to be one of the main characters of this i guess it'd be like icarus and stuff but by doing that you have icarus or sorry makari can be in a way even though he is one of the eternals he's also sort of a pov character like as in like an entry point for the reader because as he remembers and learns about the eternals himself you do as well which is interesting because Mm -hmm. yeah he is an eternal but he still has to remember himself and so you get all the back lore from him doing that. Um, whereas in this one, you don't get that. And so I think that's why they've introduced Kit Harrington's Black Knight, right? Is that he... So they, so they, so they can yeah, talk at him. He will be the entry character for the reader who's going to be like, hey, what is all this? And they will, yeah, they can talk at him and explain it. So um, I just wonder his role, because I don't know a lot about Black Knight, except his that it, except about his sword. Yeah, I... I'm sort of the same thing. Like he's got like his magic sword. Um, I've I've been thinking the same thing, especially because like when we got him, he's just very very briefly in the earlier trailer, and we've seen him in set photos and stuff. It's like I don't think there's been anything that's shown him in like any kind of a Black Knight getup or with a sword or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of makes me wonder if this will also not be an origin for him. Like he's gonna become Black Knight in the course of this movie. He might not enter this movie as fully fledged hero of any kind, which would kind of make sense because mm-hmm. with yeah. everything, it it unfortunately adds that wrinkle of like, why haven't we seen him before? 
why didn't Black Knight help with Thanos? Like, why didn't Black Knight attack him with his big magic sword? So I think we're gonna probably get most of that in this movie as well. Um, uh, but yeah, traditionally he's not really in any way associated with the the Eternals that I know of. Um, he's vaguely kind of like I don't even know if you could call him cosmicy though. I don't know. He's he's I think his sword is like a magic sword. Like I don't think it's a, a space or like a alien sword. technology or anything. Yeah. Pretty sure he really does just have like an ancient magic sword that he derives his power from. So, I, I mean, I thought even at the time, like when it was first announced, like at this point, God knows how long ago, that Kit Harrington was going to be Black Knight in this movie. Like, I, I thought it was kind of a weird choice, but I'm sure they know what they're doing. It'll be cool to see. I was glad to see more of him in this trailer. I do like, I mean, I was going to say I like uh, Kit Harrington. I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything other than <laughs> Game of Thrones, which I do enjoy. Yes. Same with Richard Madden. Uh, I mean, he so. plays the same character in both things. Kit Harrington plays a a guy who's knight who's wields a sword and he wears black. Mm-hmm. He kind of just plays, and he has an English accent, so he kind of just plays the same exactly. guy. Yeah. So, huh. well, shit, good casting. I mean, that was the joke that was made at the time. Was like, well, he knows he's he's used to swinging a sword, so <laughs> we got yeah. better. So they, they were like, hey, you want to do more sword swinging? He was like, I guess, sure. sure. I'll do it. I'm excited to see a couple of uh, Game of Thrones alum in this. Maybe they'll meet up with yeah. Amelia Clark's character from Secret Invasion at some point. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> hey, we said in the show, we got our Secret Invasion in and Maybe. the Young Avengers. They'll set up the Young Avengers. All right. I think that's about all I said. Good trailer for the most part. I'd say trailer cash. Well, we'll see. Like weird DJ sounds. Cash for now, yeah. All right, on to, <laughs> to Spider-Man No Way Home. So you no way home. set on it in the beginning, and I totally agree. For a teaser trailer, it showed so much. and I, I Almost was, everything. Almost everything I'd want. I can't complain too, too much, because I think we all, at this point, knew that is what the plot was, right? Like, I don't think at any point it surprised me. Um, I think the only thing that could be said is like, well... I guess I would have liked to pretend that I didn't know going in. Whereas this way, yeah. this, it's this movie's kind of like the worst kept secret of exactly. the Marvel movies so far. That's a great way like, to put it. I know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. Doctor Strange is getting like that too now. I know we said before how like, ooh, Doctor Strange doesn't have a lot of leaked stuff. They're really hiding it. But like, been You know what? That's funny because I remember we said that about, about both movies. And then within the last like month, it's been like a truckload of just everything. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's a bunch of leaks that everybody has, and here's a bunch of set photos, and that, but up, but It's like, god damn it, can I just not know before I go? Come on, I agree. And and it's like, I I I've said, all right, was it just last week that I was talking about like trailers and spoilers and stuff? It's like, yeah, I, I'm, I was surprised you brought up this topic because we didn't talk about the Eternals last week <laughs> for this reason. See, but I thought, I thought, Jack, if we were gonna do trailer trash or trailer cash, our famous segment, we needed at least two trailers to compare so i bit the bullet and watch i I did also watch the final shang chi trailer which i hadn't watched before but i feel like we covered everything about shang chi in the in the shang chi topic plus it's coming out next week i don't think that really fits the movie's about to come out so yeah uh i don't know man i again like i said i think this is everything like it didn't show anything that wasn't already like leaked or rumored or speculated upon i think like if you had asked me a week ago what the general plot of far from or no way home was going to be this was it right it was peter parker doesn't want people to know he's spider-man so he goes to dr strange and asks him to 
somehow reverse it. I think that's been like a, a theory that has been existent since since Far From Home came out. I think literally like day one, people were like, how is he going to fix this? Because everyone was kind of like, well, this can't be the status quo, right? They're, we're going to have to fix it. Like, it's kind of an integral part of Spider-Man's character that he sh- he is one of the Marvel characters that maintains a secret identity. Yeah, because he kind of has to. And so how are we going to fix it? And I think one of, yeah, I've definitely had seen it that like from day one, people's one of people's main theories was Doctor Strange will fix it for him somehow. So again, not anything super surprising about this and between like all the other villain leaks and stuff and rumors nothing super surprising but i yeah i i will say i didn't i did not quite expect so much to be in the teaser yeah it was it's a bit much like like too much i think yeah like a teaser in particular like that's crazy yeah it's like three minutes long it just because if you compare this (laughs) initial teaser trailer for far from no way home with the final trailer for the Eternals. It's like it's like night and day versus how much yeah. plot is revealed. And one is an initial teaser and one is a final trailer. Like one is a final trailer for a movie that's coming out. Exactly. Like you think with because again to kind of tie in with what I said last week, it's like I'm at the point now where a lot of times I do not watch a final trailer or I won't watch a second or third trailer for a thing. I'm not at the point where I totally ignore trailers because I, I do still enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But yeah I, I, I don't often watch them all, but it's like, yeah, if this is the initial teaser from Far From Home, or fuck, I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. that would make it so confusing. But if this is the initial teaser from No Way Home, I, yeah, I worry how much they're going to reveal by the time they get through the rest of the trailers and when yeah. they start showing clips and stuff. Like, just in going in the on the Marvel YouTube to get these trailers today, I was amazed by how many clips there are up of Shang-Chi already. And, like, that movie is still a week away, so if they keep up this pace, they're going to have, like, six more clips by the time the movie actually comes out. Yeah, they're going to... It's going to be like a... Like we talked about last week, Amazing Spider-Man 2 situation, where they just post 45 yeah. minutes of footage of a so, two-hour movie. It, I mean, do we, do we have much to say about it? I can't imagine this is the first time I asked... Or last... Well, it's not the first, and it shan't be the last time we talk about Far From Home. It shan't be the last time. Okay, what I will say... I'll say two things. One thing I think is funny is, like, a joke going around now that everybody thought that Doctor Strange was going to be like the parent in his movie, but really he's the one yeah. who causes this problem. Like he's the one who kind of breaks the multiverse by doing this. Yeah, people uh, or him and Spider-Man because Spider-Man keeps trying to change it and Doctor Strange does it at all. No one's like, don't do that. Like, don't do that, man. He's like, I'll, I'm going to do it, which I think is funny. Um, and one thing, and the other thing I'll say is that if, if anyone still thinks we're not getting the other two Spider-Men and Willem Dafoe and uh, Jamie Foxx and whoever else, we're getting them all. Like they're coming. There's no doubt in my mind. We're gonna get Green Goblin. We're gonna get Electro. Like they're just gonna do the Sinister Six. They're gonna do the Sinister Six. That's what they're doing. I, I myself have not been fully convinced. You think? I don't know, man. Just everyone. Like that's that has always been the sticking point for me. Is that when they said they were gonna do? I, I think they were like the Spider. Okay, maybe not Jamie Foxx. Maybe I jumped the gun on that. But the Green Goblin one gets me. Is that they only show his bomb? And that's the bomb that he uses in the Raimi movies. I don't know. I agree. I totally agree. Green Goblin. Um, but I, yeah, to me, see, I'm not even fully convinced about the Spider-Man, to be totally honest. I really am not. Um, really? I was for a while, and then, I don't know, they've been so adamant, and maybe this is just them doing their jobs well, and, and in which case I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I don't know. They've all been, like, between the actors and, and the people involved, and then they asked, like, them, like, hey, are you in it and stuff? They, 
there's been so much stuff where they've been so adamant that they won't appear that I've I've become convinced myself personally. Then you are truly. Then you are blind. I, I, I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm you drink the Kool Aid. The other. I'm just not fully on board. I I wouldn't be surprised either way. I guess is where I'm at. I'm totally neutral at this point because, like I said, I was I was at one point like totally convinced. Like, oh my god, they're just gonna be in it, but. I don't know, man. They've just been so adamant in squashing the rumors. And I think I talked about this at least once. The idea of, like, I want to say, like, Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield both specifically have been asked at this point by reporters or something. And the fact that they didn't just go with the whole, the generic response of, like, oh, I, I couldn't couldn't say, which is usually, yeah. like, what they say, which is code for. I'm yeah, in it. I'm in it, but I just can't tell you one way or the other. But I can't also lie that I'm not in it, I guess. I can't, I can't tell you no, because that's also kind of an answer. Um, <laughs> Because like, another, have, I got to right. plead the fifth. Exactly. But because they have both, I think, has definitively said, no, I'm not in it. That was kind of like, that's the first time I can recall that happening that way. Well, the well, actually, it wasn't Tobey Maguire who said no. So, so far, it's been Andrew Garfield who was very adamant that he's like, I'm not in it. I have a tweet. Like he, and then Tom Holland okay. has said he's not in it. Tom, Tom okay. has said, I don't know anything. It's not in it. But okay. Tobey right. Maguire said he can't that. say. There was something oh. that like someone met Tobey Maguire and he was like, "Are you in it?" And Tobey Maguire went, "I can't say. I got. I. I couldn't say." Oh. So, but what what really hammered it in for me, outside of this, because you know, like you just said, like it, it goes back and forth in your head, and it kind of maybe that's what they probably want you to like, kind of second guess what you hear, so you mm-hmm. kind of like go in. Yeah. But once once we once it was revealed, like once Loki the finale came out, and they did like they were like Kang's in it, and we're doing the multi like this is what's happening. We're doing the multiverse, mm-hmm. and like with what if, and now with like. All these like Loki coming in, Doctor Strange, like everybody's kind of jumping in. They're doing a lot more team ups. I'm like, mm-hmm. I really feel like we're just gonna get, we're just gonna do, they're just gonna do variants. Like we, they just did something with variants, yeah. and the next thing in the multiverse, it'd be weird if they didn't do another variant thing. Well, it makes sense. He does. It would be weird if they didn't. He does specifically call it the multiverse by name in this teaser already. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I won't be surprised when the other. I didn't. I guess I hadn't been up to date or t- totally knowledgeable on it too. Bit. So I guess with that, I I I would be more comfortable in saying that they're probably going to be in it. Uh, yeah, the big one for me is all the villains. That's what, like when it got to the point where it was quote unquote rumored that literally everyone was going to be in it, like down to Sandman from the right from the Raimi movies, like who's in who's else. Maybe maybe just Sandman from that one, but then also like from the from the Garfield movies that like uh, Lizard and Electro. And like uh both versions yeah, of Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah, both versions of Green Goblin. Like I thought it's like, well, surely they're not literally gonna get every actor who is in those movies. A- and like, oh, and Emma Stone and <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah, and the girl who played MJ. Yeah, like I think if they kept it to maybe yeah, the Spider Man and then maybe one or two more villains than we see in this trailer, which is to say, yeah, obviously Doc uh, Doc Ock from Spider Man two and the Green Goblin from Spider Man one. If they if they did get in, like I guess I mean the problem is that there's only two Amazing Spider-Man movies and none of the villains from those are very good. <laughs> but I guess yeah, yeah not, I guess Jamie Foxx's Electro maybe, but that was a weird one to me because he I always thought from what I had always heard that he was like the the worst liked villain from those movies. But I don't know, maybe he will be in it. He's he is one of the more persistent rumors that I've heard, so maybe he will truly be in it. But right, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it looks it looks good. I don't know. I'm gonna see it. So <laughs> just say I don't know. Again, I mean, of we kind of do see it. It's it's a uh, it's like a Spider Verse type thing, I guess, which is what we kind of thought. Doctor Strange seemed to be in it a lot, a lot, which is cool. 
Um, yeah, he seems he's like teaming up with them. They're doing yeah, tricks and it, stuff. Yeah, it seems to potentially be a full on sort of team up with them, which I am all on board for because yeah. I think yeah, initially at first it was like he was going to be a cameo and like real. I think people really thought he's going to be in just very minor, just for the heck of it. Like he just would drop by, and then I think once stuff started to get out more about all this like multiverse stuff that might be happening, it's like all right. So he's probably going to be the one who is able to set that into motion. And then maybe he will be absent for most of the movie kind of deal. But yeah, this seems to suggest that he's going to be in it for a lot of the runtime, like just for the movie, hanging out with him and, and working together to fix it. Um, so it'll be a proper team up, which I would be well on board for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, just, I, I just wonder how, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot, like a lot. I mean, I'm sure they'll like streamline it and that'll all make sense. But I'm like, if this movie's only like, Two and a half hours, which will probably be like how long this movie is. Mm. Like they're gonna have to move quickly or do something because, like, how is he gonna meet all these guys and how? Like they have to set up the, like you know, you know what I mean. I I I have had that worry myself since the beginning, and that's kind of why I was maybe somewhat like glad to hear that maybe there won't wouldn't be so many cameos and stuff as was rumored at one point. Because yeah, I I had the same thought of like there is so many characters apparently going to be in this. How are we going to explain that? Because even if you can kind of more or less go off the assumption, like, well, the viewers will know you can do that, I guess, but you still have to just for the story, solid story. Yeah. You still have to explain it within the narrative for anyone who isn't first, anyone, first of all, who hasn't seen those other movies and anyone else who just, yeah, like that's just what you do. You can't just assume. Um, so mm-hmm. I know the same thing, like trying to explain all the different villains and, and it, it, I suppose the villains are kind of easy. Cause if you have the other two Spider-Man show up, they just be like, well, he's a bad guy, beat him up. And that's kind of all he's you a villain from my world. And then on, yeah. and like all their powers are pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. He's lightning. Um, he's sand, the lizard, like they're not too crazy, yeah. but I think, I think we're just I don't think we should spend too much time on this. Cause again, like you said, it's not the last time we're going to talk yeah. about this stuff. We'll wrap it up. As we get closer. So, so we'll probably I could, I could take off it. Well, I was gonna, thing. It's trailer cash. I was going to say it's more exciting trailer than the Eternals trailer. And for that reason, yes. I would say it's trailer cash. But mm-hmm. and, and in that case, then the Eternals trailer must unfortunately be trailer trash. But oh, we, oh, we, have, to, we have to pick one or the other. I thought it was like <laughs> it's I mean, well, uh, I was going to say, though, the Eternals trailer kept a little some more of the cards, you know, a little closer to the chest, it's the chest. And for that, this trailer did not tra- didn't even tra- cash. Whereas showing this much of your plot in the teaser trailer is trailer track. Okay. Yes. Okay. So what I'm saying is, is that the Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home trailer are both each trailer trash and trailer cash. A little bit of both. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. As all things should be. Living up to the title of our world famous segment. Trailer trash or trailer cash? The first time we've ever shown it. No, no, no. Uh, so let's let's take off it. And I got a couple. I got two topics I want to bring up that are real short right here at the end. But one of them is well, one's about Mountain Dew, and one's about a science thing I learned that's recently. That's, Damn, that was recently we observed. These between the Marvel topics really spaced them out. No, well, we're doing this now. All so right, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Whatever. But which one do you want? Do you want to do Mountain Dew one first or my science one first? You get to pick. I'm a f- I as so a game Mountain Dew has famously love Mountain Dew has a flaming hot Cheeto flavor coming out on Tuesday. Oh, I saw this. <laughs> have you heard, have you saw this? Yeah. I do. Oh my god! I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it because Zach and I are big Mountain Dew aficionados. But as oh, official Dumbers, 
as registered. I think, I think I'm going to go to the hospital before I drink it. I'm going to go, I'll stand back. I'm going to drink this and I'll chug it in the hospital and then my heart will explode and I'll burst into flames. As members of the, the gaming community, we do in fact love Mountain Dew. Um, but I agree. This is it's a bit sketch. You can't even fly. I can't even front. I don't, I don't know, man. Oh, it's just, I'm, I, Oh, I don't. I I wonder if it's gonna be like red, like bright red. Oh, I should have thought. Do you have to like quickly? Oh, it is exclusively on the Dew store. So do I have to like like very quickly uh, order it if I want to get any? Is this gonna be is is this gonna be a scalper situation, Jack? Oh, I really thought they were gonna just. I didn't know it was only available in the Dew store. Buy some and bring it when we go watch Shang Chi. Is this gonna just immediately give a live review of it, and then cost a billion dollars on eBay? It definitely will. God damn it! I hate uh, that. Why didn't they just sell it? That's the reason well, why they sell it at like a random ass grocery store in Nebraska. To like, oh, Mountain Mountain Dew cocaine only in this random ass dollar store. Maybe this will be a blessing in disguise, <laughs> so we don't have to drink the flaming hot Mountain Dew. But yeah, our hearts won't collapse. I thought you were gonna bring up, but uh, there wasn't. I would thought you were gonna bring up the hard Mountain Dew. There's been a, been a lot of Mountain Dew news lately. <laughs> oh, the seltzer. Yeah, you're right. No, they got seltzers coming seltzers. out, which is dangerous. Oh. That's that's dangerous territory. I don't think they're seltzers. I think they're like hard soda because it's Mountain oh, they, Dew, right? I don't think they made a seltzer. Oh, oh I thought it was they were seltzers. I think they're like comparable to that sort of concept, as in it's like a it's like a fruity kind of beverage. Right. It's yeah, I don't think it's a seltzer water because it's a Mountain Dew. I think it's a hard Mountain Dew, so like a soda, which they do make. They make hard sodas, so I think that's pretty. That's pretty sweet. I, I, think, pretty I cool. think that will be much more widespread, and I will probably uh, get drunk on some. <laughs> I, I do again. Uh, All right, so Mountain is great. So I'm gonna take in the other thing I want to talk about, which is very short. That they uh, out in nature. I don't remember where they observed, but they observed observed out in nature a tortoise mm-hmm. exhibiting hunting. Where they it hunted and killed a bird and just ate it, and they were like, "That's really weird because most tortoises are, and that kind of tortoise is uh, most tortoises are vegetarian or like are like pretty commonly up until now believed to just been like strictly herbivores and that's it. Nope, I guess they'll just eat meat sometimes if they want to. So they're looking out for that, like now in the huh. species, see if they can find them doing it more to get like a pattern. Now, to be fair, now you're 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 the uh, resident animal man of the show here. Um, I'm an animal man. That's true. You're actually pursu- Grant Morrison's animal man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're actually currently pursuing higher education, right? In a, an animal-based field. Yeah. So you're, you know more right. about this, certainly. But I, of course, was kind of under the impression that the overwhelming majority of animals, regardless of what we technically classify them as, either as like, uh, like scavengers, herbivores, omnivores, omnivores, and herbivores. The yeah, yeah. Regardless of that, aren't most animals mostly just opportunistic at the end of the day where if they are presented with an easy way to get food, they will take it, no? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's fair. That's pretty accurate. Like but even the animal- one, one thing that, well, to an extent, because the, the thing about it is that phys- it, it's not all animals because physiologically, if you eat certain foods, your mouth and tongue are much different. Right. Because right. animals that don't eat meat, like horses, I'll use horses as an example, don't have any canines. So they can't eat like meat because they physically can't tear it and like can't pull it apart with their mouths, and their taste buds are four times as sensitive as even ours. And we have like, we're probably we're about well if we use humans as the middle, they're about four times more sensitive as humans because they're eating these like leafier things. Now conversely, 
a like a leopard or a carnivore or something like that is all sharp teeth. Like their teeth are only meant to pull and tear, and their taste buds are half as half like half as sensitive because they're just eating raw, gross meat. And they don't really. And if you t- if they tasted it, they wouldn't want to eat it because it would taste gross because it's raw meat. So it, it, there's there is a middle ground, like a gray area, but like you kind of have to already be observable omnivoric, like a bear or a, like a chimp or something, to be opportunistic. And if you get kind of more towards the edges of those categories, like outside omnivore and like more carnivore or herbivore, they become yeah. less opportunistic because their bodies physically cannot just handle that kind of um, food. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense, of course. But yeah, I I just thought that like even animals that we think of as being quote unquote herbivores, it's like if they're presented with meat, they might just eat it because it's there because they don't know necessarily, right? Like they they don't got morals. Ain't got no morals. Horses have no morals. Oh, that'd be a lesson to you. They might not realize even until they try. Like like everything you said makes sense, but if a deer just saw some meat, they might just be like, "Well, I'm gonna try to eat it." And then maybe they would realize, like, well, yeah. I can't really. My, my teeth don't work on this. But. Yeah, they probably like probably just fall out of their mouths or their yeah. bodies were rejected. But yeah, I, I definitely think they'd try, but it wouldn't be. I guess I'd, I mean it wouldn't be successful. I so guess is what like I was trying to say. Carnivores, like the animals we think of as being predators that like hunt and kill their food and need it, like lions and shit. If they stumble upon a already dead animal, they're not going to be like, well, I didn't kill that. They just fucking eat it. Wait, again, lions are godless killers. Yeah, just like bears, they got no morals. Much of the animal kingdom is godless in 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 high on killing they just love killing they're so they're so good they're so down for it yeah well that's interesting i will have to keep and, uh, watch out for uh carnivorous tortoises to tortoises me. Mm-hmm. well on that note after we do the ecotech science corner that'll be our a new a inaugural new, topic new new recurring segment two in a week ah oh, glorious excellent it's great and i'm sure they'll totally show up sometime in a year <laughs> But we're gonna probably end it here. This mm-hmm. might be our longest episode. Yeah. I don't remember when we started, but it's been almost like two hours. Yeah. It was more than I thought, but that's good. Uh so again, uh thanks for listening. As always, you can find us at Gmail at Akatechjazz at gmail.com and Twitter at Akatechjazz. Again, then the same. So if you find one, you'll find the other. Uh we are now on Apple Podcasts. I finally figured that out. So if anyone was listening and didn't and wants to listen to a podcast, you now can. I was dumb, and I just, I just was being dumb. So I have a podcast, so listen to it there. We're always on YouTube and all the other places that we usually are. As always, our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always follow him at inkocean.jpg. That's what I meant to say. And at Redbubble, he sells all his art. And you know, DM him on uh, Ink Ocean. I'll probably do a commission for you. He's an artist. He needs money. And on that note, uh, as always, we wrote it, uh, we produced it, and we built all the sets. <laughs> See you guys. Anything bad, Zach? You you're quiet no, there. No, that that's it. I like it. It's it's growing. Right, well, we good night, everybody. We did build all Thanks this for listening. Technically. All right, say goodbye to the people, Zach. I said bye. Oh. <laughs>